0: The following is a special sponsored edition of the Big Four Bio Podcast. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Big Four Bio Podcast. Chief financial officers in the biotech industry operate in a complex and ever-changing financial landscape. In addition to being charged with traditional financial duties, they must navigate regulatory uncertainties, manage risk, and adjust to evolving market dynamics. We spoke to Kevin Sarney, Life Sciences Practice Leader for Charles River CFO, about the current financial environment for biotech companies seeking to raise money, how CFO works with biotech clients, and how the use of an outsourced CFO can allow younger biotechs to cost-effectively tap deep industry experience. Kevin, thanks for joining us.
1: Danny, thank you for having me today.
0: We're going to talk about the financial landscape for biotechs in 2024, the challenges biotech CFOs face today, and What's some of the risks they need to manage? We had a few difficult years on the financing front. Inflation has quieted. The market's grown stronger. Where are we with biotechs being able to raise the capital they need today?
1: Uh, I think we're cautiously optimistic. Um, beginning of the year, they have a, a big meeting out on the West Coast uh, called the J.P. Morgan Conference. Uh, and that's where a lot of bankers and and, and the folks in industry go. Uh, to hear hear about plans for the year ahead and, and financing and trends. Um, you know, I think coming out of there, folks are, are cautiously optimistic. Um, I've, I've spoken to, to bankers and, and venture capitalists. Uh, you know, they're, they're beginning to, to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, they're still seeing six to nine month type of uh, deal transactions. Um, they expect the first half of the year to be a little quiet, but optimistic for the second half. Um, and, you know, keep an eye on on IPOs. And as the IPO market increases, um, private financings will will go along with it. And, you know, I think recently, since the beginning of the year, I actually saw one or two more IPOs today. But, you know, we had we had a uh, an IPO in a medical device industry, which, uh, it, you know, is a really good sign because there hasn't been any any liquidity or IPOs in, in that in that sector in, in years. So i um, cautiously optimistic.
0: Well, I, I know there are certainly many companies in the wings waiting to go public. There are some people who have argued that in the last boom cycle, there were too many companies that went public too early. What are the considerations a, a biotech should make with regards to going public?
1: Yeah, in my experience, and I was involved in a few of these that just shouldn't have been public. Um, and, and, and when I look back, why? Why was that? Well, the company went public um, prior to having any kind of steady news flow, and in, in life science companies, it's very expense uh, oriented. So you, you the, the way you don't have revenues, you have expenses, and, and and in order to raise money, you need to show the next valuation point. And so, if you're a public company and you're far from having uh, anything in the clinic or far from a revenue stream. Um, it, it, it's very hard to have consistent news flow uh, to get folks interested in your stock, to get analysts to follow your stock. Uh, and so you, you just, there's companies that just went public too early.
0: On the private side, there's a lot of venture capital that's waiting to be deployed. But venture investors have grown a bit more cautious. As companies seek funding, are they having to think about raising capital in tranches? To, to what extent is their funding success going to be tied to being able to meet milestones?
1: Um, you know, I, I'm seeing it a lot, and I, and I think it's I think it's a way to to control and push to to, to achieve what the original investment thesis thesis was. Um, there's always a tug between you know management and, and venture capital. This is a, a way of deploying capital that ensures promises made are promises kept. If you if you raise a round that it's supposed to be fu- funded through the clinic and into a readout, uh, it's a protection to the investors that the money that they funded will go towards that use. Um, it keeps management focused on, on goals uh, set out in, in the initial investment pitch. Um, if I'm a company going through a tough investing financing environment, uh, I'm agreeing to tranche-based deal because the alternative is zero.
0: I think any biotech CFO has had to be somewhat flexible and, and and nimble. But given the current environment, do they need a plan B if milestones are missed and if funding is delayed?
1: Yeah, in today's environment, you need a plan A, B, and C. Um, you know, if you look at all areas, you need to look at all areas of financing from. On non-dilutive, uh, you know, government grant type financing, um, alternative financing like family offices, uh, you know, commercial partners, um, private equity, you're always kind of in, in a, in a, in a raise mode. Uh, as soon as you finish a raise, uh, you, you begin to think of the next one. Um, in today's market, I think it's kind of rare that you get a, a, Fully, fully funded, you know, multi-year runway type of, of financing. I see a lot of smaller financings that just get you to the next valuation point. To what
0: extent should a CFO think beyond money itself, but about the value that a venture partner or strategic investor may provide?
1: You should always consider investors in your company, right? So some some venture capital have the ability um, to. to 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 access capital markets. So to help you get to an IPO more than other venture capital, um, you you know, getting a a corporate or strategic partner, open up, open up other avenues. Um, You you may have, it may be a fallback. That's an acquisition by this commercial partner instead of a exit through IPO, you know, keep, keep all the avenues open.
0: How much leverage do biotechs have today at the negotiating table? And when they're, Looking to raise money, should they seek multiple avenues at once to enhance their ability to get a better deal?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. So leverage changes with with the way um, the market swings. Um, You know, the the availability of liquidity in the marketplace, um, you know, gives gives leverage to to companies bidding for that liquidity. Um, If you look back a few years, you had uh, venture capitalists with newly raised funds. Uh, that they needed to put to work. You, you had a, a really robust IPO market, uh, traditional IPO market, um, and you had an alternative um, market to going public through uh, special purpose acquisition company, or SPACs. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of leverage out there for a company to, to, to raise money. Today's mo- today's market, um, you know, the IPO slowed last year. We hope that that comes back. SPACs have, have gone um, the SEC kind of really cracked down on that and put more regulation in that area to, to kind of make it difficult for those to bring these early stage companies to, to market um, VC funds or they're on the side um, they've been committed to their existing portfolio companies they're waiting to see what you know if the liquidity comes back into the marketplace um, you know the leverage has shifted away from from companies back into an investors hands. Um, so you know, as a company, the best thing you're trying to do is is to create a competition, uh, and 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 that competition is through you know having multiple avenues of of, of obtaining uh, cash.
0: With the challenging access to capital we've seen over the past couple of years, there's been a, a lot of companies that have moved to eliminate or shelf programs and cut staff to extend their runways. There was a time when companies used to boast about shots on goal and a. Having a broad pipeline, what's the reality today, and, and how should a CFO think about managing cash burn while building value?
1: Yeah, so as, as a CFO, you, you're you're always looking for ways to extend run, runway to the detriment of some of the colleagues of the companies you're working for. Um, you know, a CFO doesn't get into the into the the, the lab. The lab that's that's what the scientists do. Um, the scientists are creating the value here. The CFO is providing them the, the financing tools to, to move to the next valuation point. Um, you know, there's some interesting market information on, on drug development. Um, you know, just just to quote a few, um, the industry group uh, PHRMA, you know, estimated it takes uh, 10 to 15 years on average to develop uh, one, one new uh, medicine from a, from discovery through regulatory approval. Um, bio report um, said that the average likelihood of approval of all drugs in phase one development is only seven um, and, percent. And Chicago Booth Review of November 2023, um, you know, said, you know, a breakthrough can can mean a lot. It's a gold mine, they call it. Uh, you know, the, the value of an approved drug is one point six billion, but the average cost is one point four billion to, to get it there and only 90 percent of drugs that enter the clinic, clinical trials, ever, ever make it to the market. So, um, it, you know, the, the way in today's reality, um, those that those that survive um, and manage to stretch the runway the longest until other opportunities come available are the ones that are successful.
0: A lot of people think about money when they think about the CFO position. But in reality, one of their primary jobs is to manage risk. This is often a balancing act. What are the different considerations a CFO needs to make?
1: Yeah, we, we worry a lot about risk. Um, and it's the risk of running out of, uh, of runway. It's the risk of, of safeguarding the assets that you have for, for future spend. Um, it's treasury risk. It's cyber risk, litigation risk. Um, you know, if you're a public company, there's re- reporting risk. Um, there's control risk. Employee risk, do I have the right mix of employees to 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 do what we need to do? Um, you know, I, I kinda say to folks that a CFO, the title should stand for continually facing organizational risks. The biotech
0: industry is a highly regulated one. There are trial failures, negative negative regulatory decisions, manufacturing setbacks. There's complex science and reimbursements issues and a competitive landscape of which all this happens against. How does a CFL develop financial strategies given the complexity of the world they're they're operating in?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we, we, we look at the landscape and we we develop a uh, you know financial strategies that allow us like like I mentioned time and runway and, and financial resources and 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 allow the company to have you know optionality on on different Routes that they can take, um, you know as I mentioned before, a CFO is not in the laboratory we're not we're not running science or research uh, we're providing the tools for those functions to carry out the work that they need to to do to create value so that we will have something to turn around and and help monetize to bring in more money.
0: How does Charles River CFO work with its clients? and what's the range of services it provides?
1: Um, Charles River CFO works in many ways with clients, both both private and, and public. We offer flexible outsourced financing, accounting, HR, and tax areas on a fractional basis. Some examples include you, you know, your CFO, you control your accountant, you walked out the door um, on, on a Friday. We can fill that position, ensuring that the area is covered until you've sourced a full-time position. Uh, you, You need a a team to be audit-ready for your company's first audit. Uh, We can deploy a team to prepare you for a successful audit. Um, Are you a small market cap public company with limited headcount? We can provide a team to handle your SEC reporting requirements, uh, 10K, Qs audits, and reviews. Um, You know, do you you need a human resource benchmarking for compensation, onboarding, offboarding of employees, an employee handbook, benefits? sourcing, and benchmarking, and taxes. Uh, we, you know, we, Our help can range from federal and state regulatory filings to R&D research, credit analysis, and annual Delaware tax reporting.
0: Younger companies may not be able to attract or justify the expense of a high-level CFO. As early-stage companies are seeking to be as capital efficient as possible and extend their runways, what's the case for outsourcing this position?
1: That is the case for outsourcing. You get to pay a fraction of the cost for the knowledge and experience that an experienced CFO brings to the suite. It also, it allows an early stage company with limited funds to spend money in scientific and research areas. Uh, these investments will result in milestones that allow the company to build its valuation for larger financing rounds, leading to more capital for programs. Eventually the success leads allows you to justify a full-time CFO, um, g expense hire.
0: For people interested in learning more about Charles River CFO and what services it offers, where can they go?
1: You can look us up at, at www.crcfo.com, and uh, the, there's uh, contact information on that website as well as uh, in, inbound emails that you can send to us. Kevin Sarney,
0: Life Sciences Practice Leader for Charles River CFO. Kevin, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Danny, thank you for having me today.
0: Thanks for listening. The Big Four Bio podcast is brought to you by Big Four Bio, the leading aggregator service of the top life sciences regions around the world. To subscribe for free to Big Four Bio's daily newsletters, go to bigfourbio.com. This podcast is produced by the Levine Media Group for Big Four Bio. Our theme music is provided for the podcast by the Jonah Levine Collector and appears on the album Attention Deficit on Alpha Pup Records.